What's up, everybody? This is Michaela. This is another episode of Pretty Much Adult Podcast. Today, I have a very special guest, um, Ali Onre. Ah. <laughs> um, yeah, when I we got a lot of really great feedback from the last episode. I got a lot of good comments, a ton of questions, and I kind of just wanted to discuss this with you. No disrespect to my dad. We're just of the same generation, so we see a lot of different things on social media. So, yeah, I just wanted to ask, like, how are you? (laughs) Yeah, um, given the, the current situation, I think I am, but I'm definitely better than I expected I would be. Yeah. I'm cool. Yeah. I'm cool. How are you? I'm okay. I think I think a part of me is like disassociating with what's happening. Same. Okay. <laughs> you know? And it's like when people ask me, I kind of avoid the question because mm-hmm. I'm just like, I don't really know. I kind of been avoiding mm-hmm. a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And me being pessimistic, I'm just like, well, I mean, yeah, this stuff is happening, but it's kind of been happening. So mm. to me, it's nothing new. Mm. To other people, this right. is a whole new world. Right. It's like you're seeing the light like switch like turn on in their brain. Yeah. It's yeah. and it's very interesting like how mm. it's it's kind of twofold. I think when people are like, "Oh, I never knew. Like I need to get educated." And I'm like, "It's 2020. Like how do you not know this stuff is happening?" Right. That's fair. Um, and I am constantly surprised, um, but not shocked about how much people fulfill their stereotypes. Oh, yeah. Like being here in this town, um, and then like the high school that we, you know, went to. Yeah, I think, um, well, I, we were talking about how this is so new to so many people and, um, uh, it's, it's different for everyone. Um, because some people were huge participants in like the things that make black people, you know, that, that perpetuate this culture of just like a generally, um, accepted hate towards black people. I am, it's hard. I'm a difficult person to ask because I don't speak in depth about these things with many people. I speak in depth about these things with a few people. And that's because of my general lack of patience towards people's ignorance on the topic. But I do see, like, the lights coming on for so many. Um, and I, I don't know. I get it. They do. People have everyone, to, like, a different extent, has contributed to this culture. Yeah. Um, and they and I think what it is is coming to an understanding of how the police system is connected to society and the culture that we create and the image that we allow to be created around black people and have allowed for generations. Um, The fact that we never have disrupted our image of black people. We've never come in and been like, hey, we have painted them as savages for generations. Let's make it a point to change things in order for them to, you know, to kind of come into society and, and gain equity with all the other races that are here. So because we've never made it a point to do this, people have just continuously contributed to the culture that that sustains brutality against black people socially, emotionally, verbally, and then obviously there's gonna be police brutality and obviously like it's you know, gonna be right under your nose, you're not gonna see it because you don't you generally don't find black people 
as important as you and it's so deeply ingrained i get i don't really get why white people or people that are not black are taking so long to understand i'll never understand why people lack empathy but um yeah i get what you're saying it's kind of exhausting and it's sad that that's really what it comes down to at the end of the day and i kind of touched on this in my last episode and i keep having Mm -hmm. to say that it's like it shouldn't have to be because you know a black person or you respect mm-hmm. a black person. It should just be because you care about a human being. Right. End of sentence. Yeah. And I think that's something that people are struggling with. And I notice that's a lot of people's fight right now. Like, I know a black person and mm-hmm. that's why this hurts so bad. Yeah. That's crazy to me. Like, I just, I can't relate. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, I literally cannot relate to being like, oh, I know somebody that must be going through this, therefore I need to work to make things better for them. Like, no, it's all, I've, you know, there's other races that have particular struggles that black people don't have that I look at. I look at um, Arab people, Middle Eastern people in America, and I'm like, oh, that's a whole different thing. Mm -hmm. And I don't have any, like, super close Middle Eastern friends, Mm -hmm. but I know that, like, if, like their struggle is comparable to ours then it's a lot right so it's like i don't get why why people need why people wouldn't care (laughs) i don't know i think i'm i'm so happy that the word performative activism exists because there was always a thing Mm -hmm. but i never had a word for it Mm -hmm. and i like didn't know how to explain it i'm just like i feel like these people aren't genuine yeah so I kind of wanted to talk about that okay. and, you know, like what your views are, what your experiences have been, mm-hmm. and then we can kind of... Yeah, that's actually perfect, I think. Um, I am somebody who, like, um, I just think that what's happening is generally good. Um, I think that, unfortunately, I don't think that black people have a room to be cynical about this or at least not publicly i don't think we have not let me reword that i don't think we have room to um reject this you know helping hand that the mainstream is trying to extend to us right now unfortunately even though we're we're chapters past this kind of awakening that they have we understand how it informs our, our very way of life and how it's deeply ingrained into the way that we see ourselves as people in the world um but I'm just of the mind that this is just a step in a much greater plan to achieving the actual truth, to people coming to terms with the actual truth. I do, it is a herd mentality. I do see the herd mentality. Um, And I am somebody who I generally can point out when like people don't have real convictions about things. Mm -hmm. And I know that there's a lot of people that have never been known to have to have real convictions about Mm -hmm. things. And they're here today reposting things on their story and going to the march because that's that's something you can do where nobody's going to come and bash you for it. Right. And if they do, then you can be like, oh, well, you know, it's not that it's not like detrimental to your reputation. And that's why a lot of people are doing it now. It's a herd mentality. Mm -hmm. If it's no longer detrimental to your reputation, then I'll say what everyone else is saying. Mm -hmm. I have always I felt been a little bit ostracized. So I think I've just come accustomed to the fact that people will have a herd mentality and it will take something being popular for people to accept it. So I don't know. I guess that's a little hard for me to come to terms with. Really? (laughs) 
and I and and I'm with you. I totally feel that what's going on is a good thing, mm. because how can it not be? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I've seen it happen before where people stand for something for a short amount of time and then it's the next thing and i feel like just this what's going on is so heavy that i think i don't know i just hope that people still want to continue to do the work yeah but i'm also a little yeah i don't know i'm a little pessimistic about the reality of that like if people really want to look in the face yeah of actual racism Mm -hmm. and say like this needs to change or they're just saying that Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like you can say you can post things on the internet all day literally so much content to be posted it's unending but but it doesn't do anything if you're not doing if you're not acting with it yeah yeah that's the thing is like i don't know i as a black person that you know my my brother's very black my black side of the family is very black and it's like i don't know how else to explain it like we see real ass shit every day Mm -hmm. like they see they encounter the real ass blackness every day and i just feel like the black person's like experience in america has become something so divergent from what anybody else can even like fathom like white people like to, to look at racism in the face is to be like that swole ass nigga in the in the street where mm-hmm. the white cops patrol and be like okay well yeah if i encounter or when i encounter these people my life is just at risk like that is something that actual physical experience mm-hmm. of encountering somebody who whose ego is huge and who is physically made to feel in- insecure by you just because of your presence because your blackness is intimidating it's something that like on like people can't really fathom and i think they use that to be like okay well i'm gonna advocate for you but i i know that i'll never understand but the thing is like i'm i'm not a full black person i've never had the full black experience but i fully understand the full black experience exactly i know what it looks like i'm when i'm around black people i know how they feel i know how a black man feels in like a white place so it's like yes you absolutely can understand i think people look obviously it's like human nature almost like 90 percent of people will just look for opportunities to pat themselves on the back yeah i and yeah to your point i think i am terribly uncertain about when this is going to fall out of the headlines that's yeah i think it's it's like a number of things we were talking about just the kind of trendiness of it at the moment and they were talking about like the media and i was like well the media is not your friend first of all like Mm -hmm. do people think you can get (laughs) your news from the media you're sadly mistaken um and i think that's just knowing what i know about the industry it's It's such a machine it's such a corporate machine yeah so i think i don't know i think that's one of my best advice that i can give people Mm -hmm. and unfortunately um when people say like check in on your black friends or like ask i think people don't take the time to do the work themselves i think when i was saying ask me what your questions are i think i was assuming that you were already going to start the work mm-hmm. and not just ask me right. any question you know like any, any old question <laughs> Yeah. That was my assumption. Yeah. Because that's what I would have done. people are really starting from ground zero. And that's crazy to me. 
because I didn't. It's just a privilege. Yeah, Thank I don't know. You. I think, and then I think going back, like I'm thinking about all my friends who have like asked me, like, oh, like I want to get involved, or like I didn't know this was happening, and I'm just like, how are you friends with me, and never even considered like. Mm-hmm. Anything that goes on based on like everyday life. That's interesting. But and you make a good point. And I also said this actually earlier today with my aunts, all my Mexican aunts. <laughs> I was just like, you know, being a mixed kid, it's different. Mm-hmm. We're never going to experience exactly what mm-hmm. a full black person experiences. But like exactly what you said, we mm-hmm. totally understand. Right. So. I don't know. I think even still when people ask me, I'm just like, I feel like I'm not even the right person you would need to ask. I feel like I'm the safe person that they're asking. Oh, definitely. And there's so many things about blackness is such a physical experience. Yeah. And I think that that's why as a mixed person, you can at least empathize with black people and you totally, you understand their language, their body language and everything. Um, But yeah, I feel like, over the years, being a mixed person, they like you're like this middle ground. People find me very articulate. They want to come to me and mm-hmm. ask me like, "What should I be doing? What should I be reading?" But I'm not black. I'm not full black. Mm-hmm. So when I was 18 and I had this awakening and I had to learn in public the way that these people are talking about black people in this derogatory way is offending me. Mm-hmm. Then I had to be like. Why is this offending me? They're wrong. There's something wrong with the way that they're speaking about black people. Mm-hmm. And then I had to go do the work. There, I grew up with my non-black parent. Mm-hmm. That's for one thing. I didn't, I literally, so I know that these people can do it. I know that you can find the information because it's, I did it. Right. You know, <laughs> it is literally everything that I do. Yeah. It informs everything that I do. And then when you know it, you have to walk around with the weight of that racial tension on your back every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's good, and people should. And once, right. I think when everybody understands the weight of that racial tension, then we can start to decompress from it. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you don't really do the work and understand that, like, yes, it's the policing system. Yes, white supremacists have infiltrated all organizations of power. Mm-hmm. Also, black people feel in danger around not black people. All the time. All the time. I don't think people understand <laughs> Every day, that. all the time. I, I get, I mean, on a daily basis. I don't even, I am so jaded that I've come to a point where I don't even expect people to be nice to me in public. Oh, same. Absolutely not. Like, I don't expect cashiers to be nice to me. I have stopped. I'm not that person that makes small talk. I'm not super cute and friendly. I can't be because I've had all of these dreadful experiences yeah. with people in society, whereas you see other people treat other humans like neighbors Mm -hmm. as a black person a lot of time you don't experience that especially if you're aware of what society like society at large thinks of you so understanding that like i guess people want to have a conversation about racism i'd rather have the conversation about structural racism because the the ways in which it's ingrained into our daily lives is just a whole other other monster yeah and i think people are trying to do it all right now yeah like let's talk about these anti-black corporations yeah let's you know talk about this one time that my white friend said the n-word like or let's talk about like this one time these police were nice to me and they were mean to my black friend or whatever like yes but there's so many levels yes and i feel like by people thinking like we're unpacking racism now like absolutely not 
like it's been over 300 <laughs> years you think you can get rid of it in a yeah, week <laughs> it's not like one thing where you're like okay we're gonna give all the women equal pay like no yeah. it, and i think it's understanding historical context is the is so important understanding how cultures were established and the fact that we are living in a transgression of a white supremacist settler colonial society that was never changed. Nobody ever stood up and flipped the system on its ass and was like, okay, equal rights. No, we are just a transgression of that. We are just that white colonial settlerism in coded language. Yes. We're in, it's in civil language for our everyday needs to make us feel like less savages now. Mm-hmm. But it's the same thing, just in more systems. Yes. Yeah, and I think, I think the only thing I'm telling people to do is like read these things and watch these things. Yeah. But also, yeah, I, I, I guess I don't have huge, I've never had super high expectations for people in general. So when they come to me at ground zero, I'm like, okay. <laughs> You'll try. We'll yeah. see what you actually do. Yeah. Um, I think you said something a little bit earlier that I kind of wanted to go back on. Um, and I think it had something to do with like the comfortability of when people recognize racism and carrying that with them. And that's another reason why I think social media is kind of like, because it's, again, it's very easy to have the words on the screen on your story for 24 hours Mm -hmm. or post them on your page where you can archive it later. Mm -hmm. But I don't think it's something that they're thinking about all the time. Oh, yeah. But I have noticed a lot now, which is good and bad for my mental health, but good for the situation is like these groups of non-black people who I'm around are talking about what's happening with their friends who are mm-hmm. not black. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, okay, like they're having conversations about yeah. it. So they and they understand this isn't good. So I can I can fill yeah. out where these so people are at. So it's a little bit deeper than performative. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's a relief to me, but at the same time I'm just like, I don't know. I just really hope <laughs> that I don't know. I'm hoping. I'm hoping for the best. I really am. I think we have to look, we have to think about what the outcome looks like. Like, I think so often in general, people have problems and then you can't even visualize a solution or a better way of being. But I think when you can visualize a better way of being, it makes you able to accept, like, progress. Definitely. Um... I sound like a fucking life coach right it's now. <laughs> Ew. Okay. But just generally, I think because I have my ideal is abolition. Mm-hmm. And my idea is like a, a, a community where we don't have to police each yes. other. Um, and like if there's, you know, people on the street that are like homeless and dirty and obstructing walkways or whatever, you have a community appointed personnel that can come in, find out what's going on and house them potentially then all of these billions that are going in every city, major city across the country that are going to police departments can go into community-appointed personnel. So because I can see that, not in my lifetime, but I can see it, and Mm -hmm. I know that, you know, it's going to take a very long time, Mm -hmm. I know that it's going to take a while, but I can be, I don't know. I think right now I'm just managing because this is more than I anticipated i would sure do. and i'm i'm experiencing a large i'm experiencing a large amount of gratitude mm-hmm. i guess that's all i'm saying and that's keeping me like above water right now um and that's keeping me distracted from actually mourning these deaths and i don't know you know i've never unpacked all the the, 
the things that come with watching a black person die mm-hmm. on camera. Um, but George Floyd's really, really, really fucked me up. I didn't watch it. I watched through um, my fingers. But what fucked me up more than the video was I saw a video of him speaking to the camera when he was alive mm. and just being so nice mm-hmm. and so, like, kind. Mm-hmm. And, like, that, like, he's like that uncle where mm-hmm. you're just like, you know, the big black. Like, he's yeah. just a nice person yeah. <laughs> with a life, yeah. you know? And that took me out more than his death video, which is crazy. But, I mean, after I saw that video, I cried for days. I yeah. literally, this one felt like I was grieving somebody I knew. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think this, I've just been doing a lot of spiritual practice in the last year that has allowed me to experience gratitude. And so seeing the public's response, I didn't expect any public response. So seeing this, I'm like, okay, I didn't think anything was going to happen. You know, I've been very nihilistic about what our future holds. So <laughs> I'm just clinging to to something nice, especially like living in L.A. You see literally like both ends of the spectrum and mm-hmm. the great and the bad things that we have to offer as mm-hmm. people. And yeah, I think this is more than I anticipated. But knowing how people operate and how it's kind of like a, it really is just like herding sheep you know you, you kind of lose faith but i think i think there is like a rise in consciousness happening as time goes on so maybe that will um i don't know shift how we actually approach these yeah and i think that's a very good point i think that's something i should really start focusing on because i feel like even if even if this is just a trend even if this comes and goes i think the fact that it was in someone's mind, so when this when this happens again, because yeah. it's going to, yeah. and it has, it yeah. already has, I think we can do something about it. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting for me, it's taking me a whole process of like mm-hmm. what I want, what I want for the country and like what mm-hmm. I would like to see changed. And in the last podcast, me and my dad were talking about like, police reform but now i'm like (laughs) just cut all that shit yeah that i mean that's the end goal and if we have to go through campaigning of defunding the police and things like that then sure um i just don't understand what people don't understand why that wouldn't work it makes sense (laughs) to defund the police or to to defund to completely defund the police Mm -hmm. abolish the police and exactly what you were saying, that's what makes sense to me is having yeah. communities for specific crimes. There is no statistics about decreasing crime because of police. Policing involved. is like like, very violent. It's just a violent practice. So I don't know. I don't know. And I, yeah, I, th- I heard someone say it and that's when it made sense to me. They're just like, you know, like if there's a domestic violence case, then you would have a social worker who mm-hmm. would work on the specific case who mm-hmm. has background in, you know, like violent crimes. And then that also offers up a lot of jobs. What happened? Because I've met it even from our area, a lot of young men. Girl, they drop out of junior college to go be cops. Yeah. They and are it's, like, it, I just want to be a cop. I just want, I want to have a gun. Like, this is yeah. dumb. Sh- like, the particular type of people that should not be cops. Sure. Go do this little seminar and get a fucking, and get militarized. Yeah. But, um, no, yeah, to further to what you were saying, I think people, I think people can grasp it and they can understand it, but it's so uncomfortable because the police are never been, like, a direct threat to them sure so they're like and that's what i think we've 
I hate to say it. That's what I feel like we've been brainwashed as a society to know. Like, if you're in trouble, you call the police and they fix mm-hmm. everything. Right. But I've never felt safer. Like, they've literally only ever approached me to antagonize me. Yeah, my only experience with police, who I don't know personally, is pretty much negative every time I've ever... I literally... Mm-hmm. I've gotten pulled over my birthday with my friends. Right. I got pulled over on Christmas Eve and had horrible experiences. Like... It sucks. I don't know. It's terrifying. <laughs> I have nothing shocks me into like being a robot more than being pulled over. Than the oh, for sure. Like I'm immediately in survival. Like I speak with this fucking eloquence. Yeah. Like, I've, I've been pulled over. This is terrible. Baited as fuck. Yeah. Okay. This is not good for like our, our point that we're trying to make. But what I'm saying is like the fear. Yeah. Of having those lights flashing behind me. Mm-hmm. Um, like, survival mode. Mm-hmm. There's, like, my body should not have been able to, like, whip into shape the way that it did. But I was like, okay, this or your life's over. Um, I really, truly feel like, what was it? The summer of 16? Was that when the the last Black Lives Matter? Okay. That was, so like, the- Ferguson. Yes. So there's, like, I feel like it comes every summer, but. <laughs> <laughs> it comes and goes. I <clears throat> This is a little different. Yeah. But I do feel like it comes and goes every summer. Yes. So the summer of 16, I remember it was Ferguson. And I just remember for whatever reason, the anxiety I had about driving on the freeways mm. was just like so much for me. I just remember being so paranoid. Mm-hmm. And I'm that just like, was scary. I am going to get pulled over. Like, I thought that every time I got in my car. It was a very scary time. Every single time, I'm like, I'm just going to get pulled over. Like, yeah. that's it. That's that's all there is to I it. I remember before that protest we went to, I don't know if I told you, but my sister-in-law called me before that protest. And she was like, please don't go because your brother is going to go. I remember. Yeah. And she was terrified. Literally, like, before the protests were even in talks, mm-hmm. she was crying at night because my brother is such a black man. Like, mm-hmm. not only that, but he has conviction. He's like... He has pride, which mm-hmm. a lot of black men, you know, a lot of black men are broken down to feel like the only thing they have is their pride sure. and their conviction. So it's like if you're physically challenged by somebody, he is somebody that is like you literally can't even afford to be put in the situation. Mm-hmm. So she told me not to go out of fear for, you know, my brother going. And at that time, it was like, we don't know what's going to pop up. Right. This town is such a police state mm-hmm. or a police city. Rather that it's I don't now I don't fear of any police like serious riots or anything because mm-hmm. I feel like people are terrified of the police. Here. And that's so funny that you said that because when I was talking having a conversation at a barbecue and they were talking about the protests and the riots and they were like oh I really thought something was gonna pop off in Fresno I was like I didn't no, I I'm like know. I knew there was nothing that was gonna happen no because the people that's. The people that are there are the people that will walk on the sidewalk if the cops ask them. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) And I was just like, there's no way. I was like, nothing's going to pop off. Mm -hmm. Like, I know nothing's going to pop off. Right. And then when nothing did, I was like, yep, that's what I thought. (laughs) And then when they were talking about that alleged fake riot at River Park, my dad Mm -hmm. was kind of paranoid. He's like, something's going to happen. I was like, nothing's going to happen there either. And what happened? Nothing happened there either. So I was just like. I don't, I think. I don't know what it is. This town is fucking weird for one thing. But also, it's like I said, I, I tweeted. I was just like, I'm not going. But at the time, at the time that it was happening, I was like, I don't want to go to a peaceful protest anyway. 
I'm like in this place where I, I just, I don't feel like going unless we are going to be confronted with cops. Like I, I would rather go down to LA and confront like this fucking national guard. And then at least you feel like it's so fake, but you do feel you think like it's because of the way this city is ran and the way you grew up? Because I Maybe. feel like the way when I moved to Oakland, I was so quick to adopt that city mm. because I was like, this feels more like home than my own home does. Mm. And I would defend Oakland. Sorry, mm. before I would ever defend yeah, Fresno. I feel no like paternal nothing towards and it's my experiences i have being the only black person in the room 99 percent of the time and it's really sad because i remember talking to my old co-worker who was born and raised in oakland and i would tell her i was like i was the only black person in probably about every i think every single one of my classes very few black people especially run when we were definitely from kindergarten up until college i was maybe one of two maybe three black people the only time i had mostly black people in my class is a racial studies class yeah you literally probably had like two and and she was just so shocked by that and she just can be so separated yeah and she was just like what do you mean and i was just like i only saw other people i never saw that many black people i've never interacted with that many Mm -hmm. black people in school and Mm -hmm. she's from oak she's she was from west oakland so she was just like i never see white people right she's like that's weird to me like she's like i remember when i saw my first white person walking in west oakland and i thought that was nuts yeah and I was just like, yeah, she's like, I saw this lady walking her dog where I grew up. And she's like, what are you doing here? Like, what a blessing. <laughs> so it, and yeah. it's just weird. To, I just I think that's why I have weird animosity towards like not sure. only the city, but like mm-hmm. a lot of the people who kind of switched up. There's a person in particular who I'll tell you off the mic <laughs> that in 2016, when we were talking about Black Lives Matter, this person wrote all lives matter on their concrete and wrote an entire post someone who went to school with very impassioned about this yeah uh, an entire post about why all lives matter blah 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 blah. this person later went on to be an educator that's the worst kind of thing and is now saying like black lives matter and i totally understand Oh, I would be so hot. I totally understand when people are like, yeah, like you can grow and you can learn. And I totally accept that. But. But I feel she didn't. I just feel like she didn't address what was said before. (laughs) So you can't just be like, oh, yes. You need to be like what I said was wrong. Yes. I know better. Yes. And even then it's like. Yes. Fuck you. (laughs) Get out of my face. A little bit, right? And, and that's so funny because when this person posted this, I stopped being friends with them. I didn't want to be mm. around them. Mm. I stopped following them on everything. Mm. And so, like, seeing their stuff being reposted, I think it's, I saw it on Gross. Facebook or something. I'm just like, what? I would be hot, yeah. It's very, it's very bizarre to me. Yeah. I saw, I saw somebody, it was similar. It wasn't, I don't know, I'm not sure. It's, it's not even close, but it's like, it comes back down to, like, culture and the way people, like, if what you're saying doesn't align with the way that you hold yourself in these situations, then it mean it doesn't really mean anything to me. For me, it's just good for looks. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, somebody that we used to go to school with was like, you know, she got into sorority. She like really aspired to whiteness. Mm-hmm. Wasn't white. Mm-hmm. And then like, 
I didn't hear, you know, she was silent these last few years. Now that it's like really, really popular to be progressive in mm-hmm. this way. She's like, I can't remember. I can't. I'll never forget when like this white group of people did this and it was super exclusionary. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, what? But also like in that time when that one thing happened where white people were being racist in front of you. I, knowing you, know that you said nothing Mm -hmm. and you allowed it to happen. Mm -hmm. And now in this time when it is like socially profitable to be able to say these white people were racist, you were about facing and literally coming for them. Why did you want to be with these people in the first place? Yes, I think I saw your tweet about that. (laughs) Um. (laughs) I'm wrong for that because I I literally try so hard to not give a fuck. But but that really, really pissed me off. I can see why that would. And I think... To be honest, this is just probably for you and me personally. That's like our thing. Mm -hmm. But like, I don't know. I really feel like these people, if you've ever done something racist, apologize right now. Just do it. Expose yourself. That's all I'm saying. Just do it. That's a point blank period. Because it can't be all these people that are like Black Lives Matter. But somebody was making me feel like shit when I was a kid. And like you guys are some of them. That's what I'm saying. It can't be all of you guys are just walk now. Yeah. (laughs) And and it's so funny to me because I keep seeing all these like microaggressions that I don't even recognize as microaggressions that have happened to me Mm -hmm. in my childhood here. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, yeah, you guys are the same people who want to say like, oh, Black Lives Matter. And Mm -hmm. I'm just, and again, Yes, you can grow as a person, Mm -hmm. but I'm just saying you need to kind of have some self-reflection. But it feels shitty. It's like, and and particularly being two of the only black people in their surroundings when they were growing up to get, I almost feel like a really annoyed child that's like telling my fucking parent to fuck off because they weren't there when I needed them. (laughs) It's like, but I feel like you owe me an apology directly. Mm -hmm. And I think... Honestly, probably a lot of people who listen to this podcast are going to have a lot of self-reflection and think about the interactions you've had with me and Allie. And I kind of want you to really dig into that. But listen, I don't have any friends. It's fine. I'm talking about very distant acquaintances. I don't know. It's just so weird to me. Like, I think about all the instances where people are like, oh, you're not black to me because you don't act black. Gross. How many times has has someone said that to you? Somebody literally my senior, this is my senior year, was Mm -hmm. like, She was like, ew, you look black to somebody else. And then looked at me and she was like, Naju, you don't look like that. You're like pretty black. They're like <laughs> black, black. And as a, as a, as a, as an 18 year old, yeah, this was the end of my senior year. I remember it perfectly. The I can't even find it in my soul to be like, this bitch said this because she's so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel bad yeah. for how ignorant yeah. you are when you say things like that but yeah. then in my head i'm like who taught you that it is okay to say i i actually have a problem with the person that taught you that it's okay to speak to people like this yeah and i think that's something i also need to recognize is unfortunately fresno is not a progressive place oh, yeah. and i think it's going to be a very long time until it is and all of you people who think that you're progressive in Fresno, you are a small, small member <laughs> in a large group of Listen. a conservative, just red sea. Twitter is a bubble. You won't oh, for see sure. It. Like, for sure. There's all the conservatism is around us. I think, and the, the one thing that taught me that was Trump's election. I had no idea. Mm. No idea. I was like, Fresno, we're, there's brown people here. We all have to be on the same you page. You know what they call Fresno? 
they call it the place where uh, brown people vote for Trump. Oh, God. That's <laughs> embarrassing. I don't live here anymore. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I remember all of those uh, ex-cheerleaders, et cetera, UCSB alumni, et cetera, that are like... <laughs> That are like they were like anything is better than a woman president. We can't a woman president. We can't. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's a nut. It's a nuts place. I don't know. I I think it's funny, but yeah. Honestly, I'm really wanting hone in on that. It's like if you're listening to this and you're listening to our conversation, really think about what you've done personally. Because I just think, and as we're talking, like, reminding myself of all these things, like, of all the times I've heard someone, like, oh, I'm getting black, like, as a negative thing. Why do thing. they always say that? I I'm getting black. What does that know. mean? Because, no, first of all, bitch, you're not. You're just a brown person. <laughs> and just, that sounds brown as you're you going to be. You can just say tan. Like, I don't, that's the thing is, like, why do you hate blackness so much? You can, there's a word for it. Yeah. You can say tan. Yeah. Oh, my I God. I don't know. I don't know. That's, like, one thing. Another thing is, I don't know, I really feel like. You should apologize if you feel like you've ever said something. I actually had yeah. someone who said something, you know, a little iffy about me. And I was going to confront this person. I decided not to. He ended up finding out that I knew. He, he apologized. Mm. And he let me know, like, you know, what I said. I understand now that it wasn't okay for me That's to great. say that. It was like a whole process of a thing. Mm. And, like, I had a bunch of people who were just like, you should still be mad at this person. And I was like, no, I, this I person grew. Received, yeah, I never received that thorough apology, if I ever do. It was the best race, anti-racist apology I've ever received in my whole I life. I fully accept that. Yeah, that's totally fine to accept. I act, And that's the crazy thing is, like, we are owed, as black women in general, so many fucking apologies that when somebody actually does it right, it's like, I, it doesn't even matter what you did. The fact that you apologize is like really It's very big. And that's what I even told this person. I was just like, I know that this was hard for you. Mm -hmm. Like accepting that you said something racist to someone and it hurt someone that you knew is mm -hmm. probably very hard, especially yeah. right now. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to expose you. It's fine. But like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What a freaking experience. I don't yeah, even know. I think for me, I honestly, like all these previous experiences that you're referencing i still have them completely blacked out of my memory but i, I know that it was a lot leading up to that senior year conversation mm -hmm. that just threw me off the edge but um i do look back to like being a young adult and accepting so many i guess like i i accepted a lot of things from a past relationship and like friends of friends that were terrible and mm -hmm. totally contributed to like a really toxic toxic white supremacist culture and then i was like well he he says it's not cool and he doesn't participate in any of that and i don't participate in any of that yeah so i can still be this like convicted person with like pride in my blackness but i think i was in a relationship with that person for so long that over time it really tore down my pride in that way sure you know, and then when you have like a bad relationship with someone, you're like, okay, I get out of that. And then you rebuild. But that's something that you don't even think that you had to rebuild was like my pride and like my actual integrity as a black person who says that I believe in all these things. But I was associated with somebody who very much fed into like a white supremacist anti-black culture. That is a whole 
other thing that I'm I think I'm just learning now like yeah I'm I actually feel shame about that mm-hmm. and that's like it's a shitty thing to even have to experience mm-hmm. but when you condone it even in that way as a black person who knows the truth like I like I, I know the truth of what things should be like I know how how all of this started it's the work that I do it informs everything that I do I think just now I'm coming to terms with like okay like I have to unpack all the shame of like repressing that all the things I wanted to say yeah because I was told that I was overreacting right and that's a shitty thing to be told oh definitely reacting about something that's fucking racist that's so (laughs) that's patronizing in a word that I wish was more than the word patronizing Mm -hmm. like it's so disrespectful yes it's very disrespectful it's like no absolutely not and I think that's the perfect word for it mm -hmm. I think that's what people don't understand like yes these bad things are happening but it's disrespectful to me as a human mm-hmm. like that you're not like you're facilitating you're, are this you with race. me or what like that's really what it comes yeah. down to and that's what the thing it fucking sucks as a mixed person because like i don't i literally i don't have a type i don't know who the fuck i'm supposed to be with mm-hmm. i feel like if i'm not with a black person i risk being disrespected in that way again. sure and then it's like what if that's not what I want? What if that's yeah. not? So you feel like a lack of a freedom of choice mm-hmm. almost because it seems like no community has fully accepted blackness. Oh, sure. As being like completely okay and not weird to have in the room. And yeah, I think that's that's a really shitty part about being black is like you have to deal with your partner's baggage and like all, all you want is loyalty. Right. As like just like a person that wants like a like a person. Yeah. You want loyalty, but like they can't even comprehend that. They think it's too much. Yeah. You know, that's shitty. Yeah. I think I think that's definitely something that I've had to kind of reconcile with is like dating a person of, <laughs> of no color at all. Why do you stop? <laughs> <laughs> is dating someone who's white. I always was so afraid that like. I was going to have to like minimize myself and minimize my blackness mm-hmm. and have to explain myself all the time. Mm-hmm. And I haven't had to do that, which is really mm-hmm. nice. But I know that I've been in situations with him where I'm just like, and there will be times yeah, yeah. where that has been tested and where he just doesn't understand. And how can he, mm-hmm. you know, like, cause like, again, it's a f- blackness is a physical experience. Mm-hmm. Like even if you're, if you're with me in sentiment all the time, like, I am going, what it's like for somebody to really be there for me is going to feel different because I'm black. Definitely. And like, I don't know, the way you see like loyalty and blackness is very different than any other race. And I think too, it's like the whole like unification of like a partnership. I think when you're black and you're with someone who is not black, I, I don't know, to me, I'm just thinking about it in like, as energies it's like you're very much you can go into a place together but have completely separate experiences Mm -hmm. and be in the same you can be sitting right next to each other and have different experiences so it's like Mm -hmm. i don't know it's very hard for me like there's been instances where it's like little tiny things have happened like people have like Mm -hmm. egged me on and like Dan wouldn't understand why I was so upset about this one thing. And I'm just like, it's so much deeper than like yeah. what was just said or like what was just done. It's because you're like, I'm not, 
pain no bitch. Yeah. That's really what it comes down to. And it's like there's a different level of like, I ain't no bitch. Yeah. When you're black. Yeah. And you're just like, I don't know. Like, because, yeah, I get that. Being literally having different experiences about like how you perceive things right next to somebody. And it almost for me in my one experience when I was with one person that wasn't black, I there was a little bit of resentment that grew just in being in such close proximity to somebody that could experience the world in a better way Mm -hmm. because he um, kind of bowed down to whiteness. Like, Mm -hmm. he bowed down to white people Mm -hmm. in the room. He, you know, assimilated to white culture very well. And I could not. Mm -hmm. I could never. Mm -hmm. And so seeing, like obviously there's that easefulness that you have when you go with the dominant culture and then when you're not with the dominant culture and you never even can be because right. they're always going to make you out to be the right the one black person in the room it's a it's a different experience there's all there's constant tension and then i i did i developed a resentment of like your your little life is so perfect i can see that i can yeah. definitely see that and i could see how that would be hard i'm just I'm very glad that the adult relationship I am in is with Dan because, again, like, I've never really had awful experiences and it could have been very awful very quick. There's mm-hmm. been a couple things. But, like, <laughs> life isn't perfect. Right. Um, but he's I don't know. cool. He's, like, the coolest white person. <laughs> That's what – it's so funny to me, like, whenever it's like, yeah. white people do this, I'm just like, Dan, you know I'm not talking about <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, he totally knows. <laughs> Let's – how about we talk about okay. really quickly um, the blackout Tuesday. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's okay. I completely about forgot about it. Okay. Um, as, well, I don't know. What do you want to talk about? I don't know. What, how is he, what's your opinion on it? <laughs> how did you wake up that Tuesday morning and your feed Girl. was full of black squares? <laughs> I was like, oh, really? really? <laughs> That's what- I literally was so confused. I was like, wait. The way that I saw the herd start to follow, because I saw when it began to happen and I saw it slowly pick up uh-huh. and then it just immediately was oh, everywhere. And uh-huh. that's how you see the herd mentality. It, it scares me when I see masses just do because they see people doing. Yeah. And and I know that that's pejorative and some people were really trying to do it in solidarity and sure. that's super true and fair and whatever. Cool. But as an organizer, I know that that's bad for us. Off top, I'm like, everyone's posting black squares? This is not like this is not good. We're, oh I'm a God. social organizer, so yeah. I'm like, this is where we get all of our information. Not good. Yeah. And then I was afraid that people were gonna stop posting all week. Yeah. The person that put this into action is not a legit organizer. Yeah. Um. So though she may be well-meaning, we cannot stop posting. This is our only platform of communication right now. Yeah. This is, this is how they know that we're pissed off. Mm-hmm. So I was afraid of that. Um. And then it started flooding the hashtags. Oh, it just God. was it's just a cluster. It really was a yeah, cluster. And it just kept getting worse and worse to me. I was yeah. just like, okay. I was like, what is the, I get the, the symbolism. Yeah, sure. Right? But I don't think that's how symbolism works. <laughs> that's what, and I, I, me and my brother had a conversation about it in the morning. He was just like, are you seeing what's going on? And I was like, yeah, like, what is this about? And we were both just like, literally just like, if you literally just ask a black person, like th- they would tell you not to do this. If like, you this asked me, like- I didn't tell anybody. I didn't want anybody to do it. I had a person ask me who posted, who posted about it. Mm-hmm. They texted me like, hey, what's your opinion on this? And I'm like, honestly, take it down. I see nothing <laughs> good about it. Also, I heard that 
black people were not supposed to do it, but so many black people mm-hmm. did it. And I was like, if, if it's going to work at all, it's that allies are, are supposed to be saying that they're standing in solidarity with sure. us. So for black people to do it, it was just like kind of a, an ultimate example of, you know, the way people... Misinformation, goddamn. Yeah. That, that okay, so weird. I definitely wanted to talk about that. So yeah, the Blackout Tuesday, you guys, wasn't it. <laughs> I know you guys tried. And I totally get the purpose of it. Mm-hmm. It definitely disrupted the timeline. But I feel like if you were a... Let's say you just woke up from a coma. And <laughs> it was on said Tuesday. And you're right. like, I'm going to go on Instagram, <laughs> see what's happening. There was nothing, no information there. There was nothing there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most of the posts I saw were just like, black screens and no caption are like black screens blackout tuesday an and i'm just easy like way for people to show solidarity you know and i keep seeing posts like oh like there's a lot of people who haven't really been saying anything who posted that that was yeah. a problem one mm-hmm. two the flooding of the black lives matter hashtag was a problem yeah. and i'm just like i feel like if you one literally just asked any black person because all the black people i know were just like cut this me. shit out like why are you guys doing <laughs> you are this? not making me happy um <laughs> They were mostly saying, like, why are you guys not posting information on your pages instead of your stories? Like, that's really what you should be doing. But I don't know. That was weird. Another thing I definitely wanted to talk to you about is, I don't know if this is on any of your timelines or if you've seen it. It's non-black people using, it's like, it's basically just like black trauma as art. Yeah. Have you seen that? I saw saw one one artwork that went viral that i saw and immediately was made sick by yeah and i was like that's not right that's also no no you guys the fact that people were even like reposting it the thing is that i unfollowed the person that posted it and then i had to see it again because people were reposting it (laughs) and i'm just like wow people are so (laughs) people just think a little bit harder that's it that's all i'm asking but the thing is in in assuming that people can do that is assuming that we all have the same bandwidth for like cultural analysis. Sure. Yeah. And I am really, as I get older, understanding the depths to which people's analysis can go. So for those who are incapable (laughs) of deeply analyzing whether a piece of artwork or information is appropriate to share, maybe ask somebody or do, um, research literally i truly feel like that would be Mm. the answer to a lot of our problems is if you just ask someone yeah if it's not something that you're practiced in studied in just go to the person that is (laughs) but there are there is some stuff that's good information to have yeah there's a way to take a stance without having to know absolutely every like intricate detail yeah and um yeah i don't like that artwork yeah it was weird i saw this one thing in particular and it was a person who didn't really post anything about anything. And then this person did Blackout Tuesday. And then they did like a a version of like the I Can't Breathe art. And I was just like. Was it a black artist? No. That's gross. Yeah. I'm, I'm very much over non-black people, non-immigrant people, like non-Islamic people, like profiting off of like deep rooted like i don't think they understand no there's in in one um we had like one seminar for rapid response workers at at my job Mm -hmm. and there was um 
a, a woman there, this white woman, maybe Italian, like woman photographer who made a lot of money off taking a single picture of immigrant children in front of what Trump's wall has like made so far. So mm-hmm. like he's made some of the wall so far, immigrant children in front of it with these shirts that said something powerful. But it's this Italian woman who literally gets paid to snap this one photo. As somebody who is like a former photographer, I am initially like, you're a scammer. Yeah. And then also like, maybe you're an immigrant, but you definitely don't have the Mexican immigrant experience in America. I can't even imagine. Being a Mexican immigrant in America fucking sucks. Yeah. It doesn't suck. It's like a beautiful experience, but... It's very difficult. It's a struggle, mm-hmm. I would say for sure. I don't even know. I can't even unpack what you just told me right now. I really can't. Really I'm really trying to. All the time, but that, that's really what is behind a lot of this activist work. Yeah. So I, I don't know. People trying to be in solidarity, I would say just always go a little deeper um, in the safest way to share things in, in good conscience and um, with good intent is to make sure that it stems from a black person at least yes and i said that before the fresno protest i was saying basically my tweet was saying like you're invited to this like you have the opportunity to be invited to this and not to live this so make sure that you uplift black voices make sure you're not the one who's speaking i don't understand people love to fucking take the the mic, the mic and scream i don't understand i really don't and it's a it's a level it's levels too it's like not only it's like these people who are taking the megaphone and speaking at protests but i've seen a lot of like information that's coming from like non-black people and i'm just mm-hmm. like uh, should you be like leading this yeah like it's so easy like and that's what i love so much about all of these people who are giving their literal platforms to people mm-hmm. who are black who are activists, that's the best thing you can do yeah. is literally give the box. You don't have to say anything. Over, yeah. You don't have to say anything. <laughs> I don't actually want you to say anything. <laughs> I would prefer it yeah. if you did not. I don't know. I No, I totally, totally feel that. I think, um, and that's the thing is like, it's usually the not black people that have the platforms. Non-black people that try to create platforms for themselves are usually embraced. So just, uh, yeah, I think the only thing what what they should be doing is just handing it all the way over i I agree definitely yeah i don't have how can you catch up how will i ever catch up (laughs) and that's the unfortunate truth i think of it it's like if it's not even if it's not publicized there's a lot of like other small cases of incidents and violence against black people that have happened that Mm -hmm. i've seen on the internet Mm -hmm. all constantly yeah and that's the thing is, like, have you guys just not been seeing these so far at all? Because I don't even necessarily search for them, but I've totally yeah, seen Yeah, that's what I'm so curious it about. Cry and it makes me sad. The lack of human empathy, I, it's there. Like, I can see it. Yeah. And it, it did make me very, very low for a while. And I think just, I think this last year I'm coming into this conversation now with, like, so much hope because you know therapy and like spiritual work and meditating but if it weren't for that this super depressing like loss in the pit of your stomach that you get when you like you see it you see black people terrorized Mm -hmm. 
by white people, white cops all the time. And it looks like, it just looks, it looks like a, like a horror film. Mm-hmm. It, and you see it and you don't understand why people don't, it doesn't click for them. And, and now it, it is, but I have been seeing this for years. That like super low depressing cynicism, I felt it and I totally know what it is. And, and I do think that, yeah, we do have to keep, unfortunately, videotaping this because that's the only the way, only way. people are going to get it. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. I think that's very true. Um, I don't know. It's... I, I don't wish know. we didn't have to, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I have no other solutions. Yeah. Yeah, because I think the only way people are going to believe it is if they see it, unfortunately. Mm. you can We can scream on the top of our lungs yeah. as much as we want. Like, look, like, look, this stuff is happening to us. Yeah. Like, we're being murdered. But it's like, until they actually see it, yeah, that's when they'll believe it, unfortunately. And that's kind of yeah. sad. And that's like an unfortunate thing about being a, a black person or a marginalized person when you live and you understand trauma and you understand violence against your body and and racism and just being targeted you i feel like a lot of people that fully grasp that end up being smarter people um end up being more empathetic compassionate people but that being said you're still living in a world that's functioning off of like all the lack of all of that knowledge so it's like i don't know you it's like screaming into the void sometimes mm-hmm. so this feels good on a surface level what's yeah. going on now i'm i'm starting i feel like after this conversation i feel a little bit better i think i really just needed to talk to someone else and say like you know i'm a little pessimistic mm-hmm. about it and have you say like you know it's not all that bad <laughs> <laughs> it's, dev- it's so much more than i expected oh my gosh it's beautiful like i didn't if there is a, a huge change from this in any way that is literally more than I expected to see in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. I didn't ex- after Trump being elected, I was like, "Oh yeah, this, this is, is it. This is the it's end." It's gonna be a while. Yeah, yeah, but th- I'm. I feel gratitude. That's good. We're one step. Um, one baby step. This baby step in this really long process. Do <laughs> you want to plug any ah, of your stuff? Nothing is appropriate for this conversation. <laughs> um. No, I'm I'm seeking funding for my short film, How to Float Film. I guess I'll put that in my bio so people can go to me and go follow it. But yeah, yeah, I'll definitely put that in my little link tree, your yeah. Instagram. Oh, and, and the stuff. film is about um, two young black people, mixed people specifically, uh, living in rural Ohio, um, dealing with systemic racism, to be honest, and, and dealing with the recent release of their father from jail. Um, they're young and they're trying to figure shit out. So I'm very excited about that. I hope I get fucking money. I for hope it. you do I'm, too. So I'm seeking funding. So I mean, yeah. Yes, I will definitely link her Instagram page. Make sure you share that so she can get funding for that. Um, yeah, this was I think a productive episode. I hope so. I really do hope that maybe it helps you feel better. I'm yeah, glad to talk to this was basically just a recorded therapy session. Cool. So yeah. Cool. I will post another episode very soon. Thank you so much for inviting me. Dude, anytime, anytime you want to come out to Oakland or if I come out to LA, I will just bring all my stuff. Yes. And yeah, yeah, do it. All right. I'm so honored. Thank you so much. Bye, everybody. Bye.